Welcome to the canteen. Find us on social media at Dash with Flash and at your podcast catcher of choice with your host, Bill Masons and Scott Fiedler. Welcome to the canteen. Hey, Feeds, let's head on over to the canteen. What do you think? <laughs> let's do it, Philip. Yeah, let's do it. Welcome to the canteen. My name is Phil Nasons. He's Scott Fiedler, and we are broadcasting from the Sports Academy at Brookwood Camps, and we are loving what we're hearing. We're loving what we're seeing, and we're most importantly, we can't wait to see you at Brookwood Camps this summer. What do you think, Scott? What's on your mind today? I think it's been good. Uh, you know, thank God business has started to pick up. People are starting to think about the summer. We're getting a lot of inquiries, you know, a lot of sports kids, and uh I think we may be one of the few sports places that will be open this summer. I think a lot of those college campuses are not going to be. So, like Phil always says, send your most precious possession. We'll send them back a better athlete, a better person. Brookwoodcamps.com. That's right. I think it was your father that actually said that. I just regurgitated it because it sounded good at the time. Oh, there you go. It sounds good all little the time. Regurg- little, little regurgitation, though. This isn't bad. As long as you're regurgitating things that matter. There you go. The problem with the America and the world is that we regurgitate things that don't matter and cause more problems than they deserve to be caused. Speaking of America, what do you think of the inauguration? You know what? I didn't really watch it. I was busy. I'm in the studio all day on Wednesdays doing premium videos for football, doing TV takes, all that stuff. But you know what? At the end of the day, it is what it is. I did vote for Joe Biden. It was the very first election that I've ever voted in in America. And the reason that I did that is not because I thought he was the better candidate. I chose the lesser of two evils. Um, That's a bad thing, by the way. That's what I think uh, 80 million people did. So, well, they did because he, you know, it's the same thing four years ago. You know, they chose Trump because they didn't trust Hillary. It's the same thing. You know, yep, I can't wait lesser, for... He was the lesser of two evils then. That's correct. At that time, yeah. But whatever. The bottom line is, it's going to be nice. Maybe one day in America where you don't have to choose between the lesser of two evils and instead choose between the most qualified people who are going to lead the country and you, of course, into some type of prosperity with safety, health, the whole nine yards. And I don't see that on the horizon. No, I mean, you know, I was, I guess, semi-disappointed. You know, I think it's all talk. And then, you know, you talk about unifying, and then you go in and you're signing these executive orders to knock things out that were just done. Well, on day one, you know, because uh, you made these promises or whatever. And, uh I'll give Joe the benefit of the doubt now. Let's see if he could unite the country. But uh, as they used to say in Missouri, it's the show me state. So show me, Joe. Show Show me, me, Joe. Joe. Yeah, Missouri. We both spent time there. That's right. And it's, you know, listen, everything's judged by the actions you take. You know, I mean, uh, (laughs) I actually watched part of Donald Trump's send off and it was amazing. I said to myself, if the guy acted like this for four years and they took his Twitter account away, he'd probably be still in office right now. More than likely. But I think he'd pop- be in office if the COVID didn't hit. 
Well, that and uh, that, and if he could have handled himself a little better. Well, that helps, you know. You know I but, think uh, I think people start to see that stuff, and you know, you see through things. I mean, it's like now the, the, this lovely governor in New York, you know, uh, all these great things. He gets Joe Biden elected, and now he's threatening to sue the federal government for fifteen million dollars. You know, like what are you doing? You know, and and the average person can see through his nonsense now. Right. The average thinking person. Um, well, I, exactly. The smart people. Uh, you know, listen, well, I wouldn't uh, even say it's bottom. smart. You don't have to be smart to figure out this Cuomo character is a crook. I mean, right. you don't have but to think that far. Or hard. Yeah, it's like, my fr- it's like my friend told me today. He goes, you know, the problem in American politics is the people in these people's bases are stupid. For lack of a better word. Okay. Now, how is that uniting and, the country? It's not, but these politicians play to their bases, and you know they don't. Like I said to him, I said, "Listen, Cuomo plays to his base that thinks he's the savior and all of this other nonsense, and you know he'll he'll only worry about the people like you and me in the middle who have half a brain right before election time and try to you know throw a few things through to get get your vote." That's right. You know what? That is exactly right because they'll and women know this better than anybody. You know, how many times have they sat somewhere and some guy will say whatever it takes to get whatever he thinks he should get. And these politicians are the same thing, only on a grander scale. And they're being paid to do that. They're being sponsored to do that because those sponsors want the payday. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been nice back in the day when you and I were uh, had the gift of gab if we could have been politicians who got paid to do what we were doing? Oh, I'll tell you what, I I don't ever want to be. The time I spent in Vegas, I was very young when I got there, 19. And I, I can say this. I watched these politicians come in and exploit their titles and their position to get free drinks, free everything, free women, and most of them were married, the whole nine yards. So I learned pretty quickly that these folks are phony. And mm-hmm. absolute power corrupts absolutely. And a lot of that is what we see. Now, I don't know anything about Joe Biden in that respect, but I can tell you this, that it didn't take him long to ban fracking. And he promised the people in Pennsylvania that he wouldn't. So mm-hmm. they're already after him. And, and, and the ink isn't even dry on his uh, inauguration. Well, you know, it's ridiculous now that they even have these executive orders, which, you know, I think we're a lot started by the Obama administration. Right. It's a way to, you know, circumvent the, uh, the legislative branch. I mean, the reason we had the legislative in Congress is it's tough to pass laws, you know, and it's tough to make change. And the problem with these executive orders is based on every election, things change. You know, you don't think that if a, a conservative Republican comes in in the next one, he's going to, you know, Right away, reverse the, uh, you know, the Keystone Pipeline. Right, of course. That Biden signed against, you know, so. And knocked out 30,000 jobs. It's it's ridiculous. But they say say they're not drilling, so there's nobody working there. Apparently, they've never been on an oil field. That's for sure. I don't know. All I do know is to finish that part of it. Good luck, Joe Mm -hmm. Biden. I, I don't have any issues with any president i don't pay attention to them much anyway really 
When I hosted a political show, I did because it was just fun. At the end of the day, I did the same thing this morning that I do every morning. I got up at 1 a.m. I did a four-hour radio show. I did my one-minute sports pick. And I'm going to do these two podcasts today. And tomorrow, I'm going to do the same thing, except I'm going to be writing all day. Because my life is not going to change either way. And they're not going to change my life. Either way, maybe they'll tax me a little more, but as long as I see some value in my taxes in America, I'll continue to pay them. If not, I have options and I can go wherever I like. And that's all that matters. Now, how do you feel about Joe Biden as president, though? Are you ready for this? Like, I, uh, you know, yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, I, I, I mean, my concern is that he's won't be the moderate that he's always been, and he's going to get influenced by the left wing of the party. Um, if he stays in the middle, I think he'll do a fine job, and he'll make uh, a lot of people will be happy, and the country will be all right. I think if he starts to go too much to the left, uh, we're going to have some serious issues in this country. Maybe so. Um, one of the things that they say about him is he doesn't have a convenient backbone. He's actually a pretty tough guy. And I don't think that these AOC people, they call themselves the squad. I don't think, you know, Joe Biden has been in politics in Washington since before all of them were born. He's mm-hmm. had everything thrown at him and then some. He's like the Teflon Don, except he doesn't brag about his wins. I mean, he had some serious issues in his past and in his present that got swept under the rug. He knows what he's mm-hmm. doing. I don't see those left people pushing him at all. In fact, I think he laughs at them. The, the well, thing that, I think if that's, if that's the case, then he'll be okay. I just worry right away you sign to shut down the, you know, the Keystone Pipeline. Right. Right yeah. out of the gate. You know, that's a, that's a left-wing idea. I mean, listen, this pipeline isn't putting any more uh, pollution into the air. Or any, it's actually helping as opposed to having to truck the stuff or, you know, put it on a train, you're actually just throwing it through the pipeline. Or a ship. Right. Well, all of them. Either, however you're going to have to do it. Uh, there's more energy spent shipping it that way than there is through a pipeline. Probably and so. And when these environmentalists figure it out, you know, and the, and the problem they have is the, uh, you know, oh, well, if there's a problem. Well, if there's a problem with anything, there's going to be, you know, uh, look at the Exxon Valdez. You know, that was a ship. Sure was. That was a big problem, too. And it caused a lot yes, of problems for the wildlife in the ocean right. or the, whatever it is over there, the Gulf of Mexico, whatever. I don't know. At Alaska. the end, it, what's that? Alaska, I thought it was. Oh, right. Did, wasn't there an Exxon thing in the Gulf of Mexico a few years back? It was uh, BP. BP oh, was. BP. See, I was in. One. That, was one of their, that was one of their deep sea rigs, actually. Yeah, I was in Greece, so I don't know. All I do know is that. We used to get a lot of military pilots to stop through Corfu because when the Iraqi Afghanistan mess was going on hot and heavy, those planes that they use can only be used so many miles and they have to be brought back. And these guys were all from Alaska and they were flying them back. The stories that would happen, like they were flying a bomber and the windshield got blown off. And so they had to, that's how they ended up in Corfu. And they were in Corfu for 21 days for that windshield. 
They sent them three different windshields, and all three didn't fit. So those guys got a free holiday. But they also fly planes for the oil fields and all those other things that they do. And that's going to take a hit, too. So I don't know. The bottom line is, if you're a Joe Biden fan, keep your fingers crossed. If you're not a Joe ah. Biden fan, keep your fingers crossed. Keep your fingers crossed. I think you just got to be a fan of America and hope that we're going in the right direction. That's you know. And that's it. Because Biden is the figurehead behind everything else. The My worst concern is, or worst fear, though, is that somehow he is unable to fulfill his term because the one behind him vo- has the most liberal voting record. That's yeah, very Senate. scary. And that's very, very scary. scary. Because she's also a political opportunist, too. You know, a year ago, she said on TV, I believe Joe yes. B- the accusations about Joe Biden. And now she's mm-hmm. her, his biggest fan, and she can't wait to be work with him. I mean, why would you want to work with somebody who abuses or being, or has yep. been, or has been uh, thought about as someone who uh, does things with Young kids. Inappropriately. That's what I was looking for. Inappropriate behavior towards young people. Why would you want that around you? Yeah, but that's, you know, that's politics. That's it. I mean, like I I know before the show we were talking about, and I said to you, I think she wasn't his first pick. And, you know, I think uh, we had talked about Amy Klobuchar up in Minnesota. And uh, obviously she was a big part of the inauguration. Uh, probably the makeup for that, but she, you know, she got messed up by the whole George Floyd thing because she happened to be the attorney general in the state of Minnesota previous to that and supposedly didn't prosecute the cop for some other minor offense that he did. Okay. Well, you know what? And the flip side of that is I'm sure George Floyd got away with a lot more crimes than he got convicted for, which were seven, by the way. Yeah, well, uh, let's not get into that. Okay, you're right. But you know what? I could go a long <laughs> way with that one. A long I way with that too. one. I, I know. But too. at the end of the day, America is the greatest country in the world. I know because I've lived in others for years. If you can't you, make you know, it here, yeah. you can't make it anywhere. I promise yeah. you that. I, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, Phil, and I, and I say it with, like you, that America is the greatest country around. And, and you know, watching the inauguration is just, to me, is an amazing, you know, I, I somehow watch it every four years just because uh, it, it's something that doesn't happen in other countries. You know, the, the the peaceful transition of power. I mean, even Donald Trump not showing up this year, it still was, you know, you see the former president. You see these people that had all the power that walk away from it. You know what? That's true. You know what else you see? The camaraderie between presidents who would obviously disagree on a lot of things. And it's because they've been there and they know the job. You know, Obama was the very first former president to criticize a sitting president or his predecessor. Maybe it was right. Maybe it's not. And he he took a while before he did it. And he took a long while. I mean, but at the end of the day, that should give you hope that there could be unity. But then when you start talking about deprogramming people who voted for Trump, I don't think that's helpful, you know. But that's, it's again, those crazy left people who, you know, really just want to exterminate right. everyone. Right. Well, that's what I said. The craziness of it is these 
you know, if he could stay away from that stuff uh, and get more central and, you know, really actually, you know, not just invite Mitch McConnell to church, actually work with the guy. And I, I think, think they can. The though. scary part is I think Mitch McConnell would work with Joe Biden. And I think they have in the past. So there is hope for this country after all. There's a lot of hope. Don't listen to us. We we, we have our experiences. But, yeah, I think it's going to be all right. I, I can't think of it how they could mess it up any further. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. But someone asked me the other day, Scott, he, he, he said to me, how do you convince college coaches to recruit athletes? And then what sports are the easiest and most difficult for someone to get a full-ride scholarship at a Division One institution. What do you tell people, parents and kids? Because it's a process that they all should be a part of. Mm-hmm. What do you? What's the first thing that you tell them? Because I've been doing this for a long time, too, and I, I have some ideas. I always tell them this. You're not as good as you think, and you're two steps below what your father thinks of you. You know what? That's probably a good point. And, and I always tell them it this way. You know, because without putting the time in like anything else, you're not going to get a college scholarship as good as, you know, I mean, there's very few that have the ridiculous talent that do not have to put the time in to to get to that level. Um, And if you're good enough, you know, I tell them the other thing is if you're good enough, they find you. You know, you don't have to worry about the process. You know, I mean, if you're not good enough and you. You send them tapes and you send all these things. It doesn't matter. College coaches know what they're looking for and know what they're doing. Most of them, you know, I mean, we, we used to have a saying when we were coaching where we were is, Hey, look, there's guys that are going to make a lot of mistakes and we'll take the guys we're confident that are good enough. And that's and the we way were right. Be. A lot of, we, we were right. A lot of times, you know, we made a lot of right decisions. Um, but, uh, I don't think there's a magic formula. I mean, listen, you could email these coaches. You could get out to these coaches. You could do things. The best thing you could do is play well. <laughs> well, that's you the same, yeah. You know, and, 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 and listen, you know, some of these sports are becoming more important that you play on a travel club team. It is happening as much as I hate to say it. You know, those things become important as far as being seen. Um. You know, there's so much film on these kids now that, you know, you could you could make your highlight reel or, you know, they have things like huddle and and different things that are online for the college coaches to see already. So, you know, there's so much more than there used to be for that. But at the same time, you know, if you're good enough, they're going to find you. Don't panic either. You know what? That's good advice. Um, My first thing I always tell kids and I, I put quite a few kids in college programs here in America, both from Europe and from the United States. The first thing I tell them is forget about full ride. Full ride is for that blue chip gifted kid, especially in tennis where they Basket- get just one in a year. And football. They're for basketball and football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, very few. Now, tennis usually has one full ride per year. But what I tell people, I say, look, I get it. You might not be able to afford to go to a D1 institution of higher learning. That's fine. But what you the first thing that you should concentrate on is your grades. 
Because if you get Eight, good enough the grades. The best line you could give anybody. That was a great, great, great line. Because here's the deal. Even in the sport of tennis, and I'm just going to use my sport because I know that process intimately. You can be an average tennis player, but if you have great grades, that generally dictates to coaches that you have the discipline to see things through. And what he'll do, or she'll do, is if you can get an academic scholarship, that coach is going to find the rest of the money for you. That money's available. But a sports scholarship is different because that is dictated by the NCAA and who gets to do what. So what you really want to do is make sure that you have a GPA of above 3.0. It's not that it's not as hard as it sounds, but that requires some sacrifice. And that's another thing that coaches ask me about when I call them. How much, who does the sacrificing in that crew? Is it mom and dad or is it the kid? Because if the kid won't sacrifice... I can't help them, and I can't use them. Mm -hmm. But the academics is, is, is first and foremost, and you need to have that. Because 99.9% .9 of athletes never make a nickel playing the sport that they've chosen or think that they're better at than maybe they are, like Scott said before. But there are academic scholarships loads of them that you don't have to pay back. There are Pell Grants that you don't have to pay back. There are booster foundations who help people out because alumni stuff. Yeah. They have the if if you're good if your grades are good enough and I can get you three quarter scholarship just on academics, I can find the rest of the money for you to attend school and you won't have a big bill at the end because you have earned it. Mm -hmm. That's what I tell well, people. Tell me this. Um, you know, listen, like I tell people, football and basketball, you you got to be a blue chip. You know, there are different levels of it. But you know what? That's a big money sport for the college. If they make a mistake on one scholarship, wow. You know, it, it hurts you for, for a couple of years. Um, you know, from what I've been told, from guys I know, women's golf, men's golf. Uh, that's why I'm a I'm asking you about tennis, Phil, as well. You know, uh, but right now, women's and men's golf are two of the easiest sports to get scholarships for because there's just a lot of them and not a lot of players. Um, yeah, not really. Is it the same in Is it the same in, te it no. the same in tennis? No, it isn't okay. because there's a lot of players. The, the problem is, is weeding them out. You know, mostly American colleges choose Americans for golf. It just is what it is because those are the people they see. But tennis has a different thing, and that's foreign kids play too. So it's not so easy. The competition is steep. It's one scholarship per year. It's tough. It's not tough to get on a team, though. The other thing I would say is maybe you got overlooked. Maybe you fell through the cracks and someone didn't see you, even though it's real easy. You know, coaches are busy. And maybe they didn't see enough of you. You get an academic scholarship, and you can walk onto a team because they'll take you because they always need practice partners. And that is a good way for you to get seen and to get a scholarship. 
because like I said, they only have one, but it's not the same in golf. The problem too with tennis is that there are less scholarships available because there are less programs available. Um, well, that's going to become an. That's going to be. I think that's going to become an issue in the NCAA after this COVID. Uh, you know, you have a lot of these programs cutting out programs to save money. You know, uh, from wrestling to uh, tennis. You've told me that they've cut several tennis programs. Lots of them, at least that I know of, for sure, over fifty at the D one level. Amazing. Um, the right. Akron University they stopped the men's program a couple of seasons ago. But they kept the women's program, and I helped out a little bit there. But uh, they cut it because, you know what, they lost their money from basketball because the Akron U team was pretty decent last year. And they probably they could have gotten into the uh, NCAAs or the NIT and gotten enough money to cover all those other things. But now what you have are football programs who didn't bring in the same amount of money that they did in years past because they couldn't sell tickets and concession sales. And all those other things were eliminated thanks to COVID-19. So it is more difficult. The other thing I would suggest, for me, I'm able to call the coaches, and usually they take my word for it. Same here. Right. You know what I mean. And what I can say to them is uh, what I do with the kids and what I'm going to do at Brookwood this summer during my camps is if you want to go to college, I can help you do that. We're going to make a 45-minute video. That's a that's the secret to this whole thing. Don't make a scam video of yourself. A lot of kids make a scam video of them hitting balls that their coaches are feeding. That's the biggest mistake you can ever make in tennis. What you need to do is film yourself playing someone who is better than you for 45 minutes. Then what the coach wants to see is what happens when you play somebody that isn't better than you, but the same age, because he wants to see what you've learned and see if you have that killer instinct. Those things are easy to make, by the way, and you need to get a resume together of your accomplishments, both academic and tennis, off court as well as on court. Colleges are giving scholarships away for kids who are a little bit more diverse, a little bit more than one-dimensional athletes. You know, again, we're not talking about these blue chip kids because a blue chip kid has got a hundred people chasing him. We're talking well, about kids well, yeah. who don't. All right, and you know, I think the greatest point you made is the academic point um, because, to be honest, listen, uh, if you're playing college football or basketball, you probably are in that you know one to two percent that uh, the outliers, as they say. Um, you know, who work hard, have the talent, just happen to be there. Um, but if you have the academics as well, it's going to help you get into these schools because they're not going to take a chance on a on a great, great tennis player who they don't think is going to make it through school. Well, that's just doesn't it. help doesn't help their program. You know, they'd rather have the kid that's uh, down one notch from that better tennis kid that they know is going to be very well act, do very well academically and, you know, serve the program the right way, so to speak. Well, that's just it, because they're also looking for good citizens, not the big schools who don't care because if a kid gets arrested, it doesn't matter. They just cut him and they got a hundred more blue chips in it to follow. But I can assure you, if you're playing a lesser sport like track and field or tennis or golf, even 
they're going to be looking at your citizenship. That's why so many kids, Scott, get recruited for tennis from overseas because a college coach doesn't have to worry about a kid coming to school and hitting the nightlife and binge drinking because he's never been able to do it before and going to nightclubs that he's never been to and getting distracted. European kids are going into nightclubs when they're 12 and 13. They drink at dinner with their family, so they, they're not prone to abusing certain things. And also, a European kid usually is a little bit more mature because he's used to traveling. A European tennis player is traveling on trains every day. He's not going to get bamboozled and confused because that campus is so huge. He's not going to worry about that. He's going to be able to figure, he or she is going to be able to figure those things out. And that's another thing that college coaches look for is adaptability. And that's something that you really got to be able to do. You know, you can be a lone wolf. Tennis is okay to do that. But by and large, they don't like kids who isolate themselves. They want kids not, I wouldn't say they don't take introverts because they do, but what they want are people who are able to function in society without them having to worry about getting a call at three in the morning from the police chief of some small town. No, absolutely. And I mean, it's the same thing. Listen, you know, we say the bigger sports, listen, they take chances on kids at the bigger sports because of money. You know, let's, let's be honest. But um, the, you know, there is a, a look in, even at the bigger sports, of what kind of human being you are, what kind of grades you're going to do. Now, don't get me wrong, the one-and-done guys, the Calipari's and, you know, Coach Shefty's of the world. And like I said, it's a shame Coach Shefsky used to be an academic guy as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one-and-dones are a different story. It's about money for the institution, you know. But there are still schools where, an Akron, for instance, you know, uh, hey, they're good, they're mid-major, you know, they do make money for the school, but at the same time, they're looking for a better human being and a kid that, you know, is going to be part of the program and make the program better. And maybe continue on with the program as an assistant and move up the chain or maybe become a member of faculty somehow, you know, graduate. Or, now, ju- or just be a, or just be an ambassador for the program. I well, mean, exactly, you know, uh, exactly. I mean, the greatest one of the greatest ambassadors for the United States Naval Academy was David Robinson. That's right. By being a great human being, not just necessarily being this unbelievable, uh, you know, basketball talent as well, and, you know. But he, you know, instead of serving overseas, he was in the recruiting offices when he when they let him play in the NBA. He worked all day. Yeah, sure he did. Of course, that that's a great thing. Roger Staubach is another one. I yeah, another one. And he was the same way. You know, they they didn't draft him just because he was a football player. They drafted him because he had high character, and they were willing to wait for him. And that's that's the kind of thing that you want to strive to be. So I guess to wrap it up, academics is the first thing. If you're not concentrating on your academics, you're in trouble. Um, it'll be hard attitude for you. Attitude is two. Attitude. Yep. Academics one. Attitude is two. Yeah. They don't want problem kids. They, they don't. don't. I didn't when I was coaching. I don't. I didn't want to. You know. Again, if you were a super super talent, we might have said, ah, we'll take a chance and we could make him a better human being. But a lot of times we would pass on those guys. 
Well, yeah, I, I, I'm very uh, rigid in who I accept. First of all, I'm retired. You know, I don't have a tennis academy or a club that just has a revolving door with a waiting list of 50 people. So usually they reach out to me. And, and I'm pretty adamant about what I want and what I expect. I don't want any bullcrap on the court. I, if I want to argue, I, I can find people to argue with. I mean, I'm not going to sit out there in 100-degree heat arguing with some kid who has no shot anyway. You know, it just doesn't right. make sense to me. But the most important thing, academics. Make sure you get it. Hit those books now. Make a sacrifice. You got to remember, too, when you're in this process that you got to look at the big picture. You got to find a school that is inter that has the programs that you think that you can make a profit from in the world of work or in, in some kind of profession mm -hmm. because you're probably not going to play pro sports. You know, you have to wake up to that reality. Most people don't go to college to play pro sports. That just happens. You know, you they it just doesn't work that way. I mean, look at all the and, MBA kids the, or the college kids who leave early. How many of them actually make an MBA roster, Scotty? Not many. No. And not then, many. Then they spend their whole careers because they didn't hit the books. They're out there. They play. didn't do the right thing, right? Right. Playing overseas for little uh, scraps and stuff, and yeah, playing whatnot. in the second I, I, and third division of places for scraps. Yeah, I, I mean, the last point I want to make on recruiting too is is parents. Uh, you know, you could have a negative effect on your kid as well, and what I mean by that is if the college coach thinks that you're a pain in the ass, parent, um, they may. Not take because of you. And they think that they're going to have a problem for four years of, of why is it my kid playing? Why is it my kid doing these? And at that level, guess what? Playing time is earned. You know, and you're either good enough or you're working harder than everybody in practice or what it may be. But it's earned. You know, and, and some of these parents, the you know, that, that they're entitled to these things. Well, guess what? Just because you think your kid is that good or they tell you things that you don't see in practice, it becomes a problem with some coaches. You know, the, in my day, when I went to college, your parents were out of the equation completely when I played college basketball. Right. You know, my dad said hello to my college coach. You know, when he came into town, he made sure he, you know, he, he talked to them, but never. It was never about me, you know, other than, hey, how's he doing in school? And that's it was never about, you know, playing time or, uh, you know, any of the stuff that could could be a problem. And, and it's a turnoff. You know, I mean, there, there's unfortunately, you know, there's been coaches fired because they've taken the wrong kid now. And then the kid complains to the athletic director and, you know, and very successful coaches that that it's ridiculous what what was happening with some of the ADs. Well, so that's now the people are, are a little more, you know, concerned about that aspect of it because it's their livelihood. Well, of course it is. And, and your reputation is on the line. You're the one who brought him into school. So, of course, you're going to do that. So, you know, there's so many little things that are involved in this. I won't coach a kid with parents who try to bully me or try to uh, tell right. me what to do who've never picked up a racket in their life. You know, a lot of kids go to tennis academies and their parents become coaches. You see that more and more. 
and you know that that father or mother hasn't picked up a tennis racket all day. Now, back to your point, which was very good about pains in the butt. Parents, look at what Steve Alford had to do at UCLA. You know, Leangelo Ball. He went and stole some stuff in China, and that turned into a big mess. And cost him his job. Cost him his job, but it also probably stunted the growth of the ball kid because the father didn't think he was involved. He, he, the father wasn't helpful in the situation, but it is what it is. So bottom line is this. Get your academics straight. Figure out what you want to do. I know you can change majors, but figure out what schools have the programs that you want and then start looking for opportunities to get your face in front of that coach whether it's a video or whatever and, and make it happen but academics and, and parents, get you first right right and parents guide your kid don't don't do it for them no you have because the, the kid is the one that's going to at the end of the day sports will break your heart at some point um and you need to prepare your kids for that you know the best systems i know in parenting are in tennis because i see it all the time the best systems, though, where you have dad or mom, whoever is the one who is uh, driving them to practice and doing this and that, and obviously knows a little bit more about the tennis than the other parent who's usually working, and they push the kid a little bit. And the other one is the comforter, because you need both, because it's tough. It's really tough. So make sure you know what you want, and if you need any help, in that department, contact us through Brookwood Camps, and we'll help you out. You know, you don't even have to come Absolutely. to camp. You don't even have to come to camp or pay us a nickel for that to happen. We'll, we'll be more than happy to spend a little time with you and point you in the right direction. And then the rest is on you. Who's going to win a Super Bowl, Scott? It's, I know it's a couple weeks Damn, away. How'd you, beat, how'd you beat me to that one? I, I guess I do. say it to you. I guess <laughs> I do that for a living. I do this for a living. The segue. Uh So who's going to win? Buffalo Bills. You think the Bills? The ghosts of the past are going to be done. We're going to take care of all the boys, the three falls of whatever it was and and whatnot. That's who I think it's going to be. Ooh. And I think they played their bad game already. Okay. Because Kansas City played their bad game, too. Yes. Well, listen, if Pat Mahomes isn't there, I don't think they have standard chance. They still have a lot of weapons. I, I'm wondering about the occasion for this Allen kid. This is his biggest game of his career. Mm-hmm. Against a overwhelming favorite, although there are just, what is it, three points? And that's only because Mahomes got his bell rung, but he's taken snaps already. The Andy Reid said on yeah, no, he he he's gonna play. I mean, let's let's be honest. How you know, did you the, see his the look in his eyes when he? Yeah, got I did. But this is but this is again, it's about money, you know. And and somehow, some way, he's gonna pass protocol, <laughs> you know. Right. And uh, and it's. Uh, you know, it's a um, he's going to play. You know, there's too much money to the NFL. They're one of the best superstars that they have. 
is not going to play because of concussion. I don't. I don't see it happening. So what you're saying is that that whole CTA and the uh, we need to protect our players better is just that a statement. Yeah, it doesn't have yeah, much I mean, meat listen, behind. If if it was, um, I don't know, uh, uh, Dumbacus Robinson, he wouldn't be doing it. Probably not. No, but. This is up to the doctors. So there's some to I mean, there's some to it. And I mean, listen, these guys are not dumb. They want to play. You know, Mahomes knows unless he's really bad, he's going to know how to beat the system, so to speak, you know, in that regard. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I'm rooting for the Buffalo Bills. You know, I watched that uh, four. Uh, what's the 30 for 30 the other day? Four. um Falls of uh, of Buffalo or something where they right. lost the four Super Bowls they in a did. row and uh, you know I just think it's it, it the ghosts are there you know and it's time to you know Bill Buckner was able to go back to uh, you know Fenway Park I think it's time that you know Thurman Thomas and Jim Kelly and Bruce Smith are back up in Buff in Orchard Park you know uh, and that's who I'm hoping for I really I and I think they have a good team. You know, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, they're just as good as anybody there. I, I Jay and I actually picked them before the playoffs started right. to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I think the AFC, the winner of the AFC side is going to win the Super Bowl. I think so. I, I agree with that. I predicted. I mean, as, as good as the NFC, you know, as good as Aaron Rodgers has been and Tom Brady and what? I, I just think the AFC's teams are better. That could be. I predicted the Browns to win the Super Bowl back in July, and they came nice, close. Nice, nice choice. Nice it was. Choice. It was. I had the Arizona Cardinals as their opponent, and, and they kind that of wasn't so. That wasn't as good a choice. No, it wasn't. But for different reasons, I think that they ran into a buzzsaw, and their last five or six weeks of their schedule was heinous. The Browns were too, but the Browns have an amazing backfield. It certainly isn't because of Baker Mayfield, but one thing that I'm curious Although about, he's gotten a lot better. He has. He has. But I, I wouldn't, like, bet the house on him. Well, let me ask you this. If you were handicapping these games... How and I have already. I'm sure you have. That's why I ask. <laughs> okay. Are you there? I'm here. What did you want to know now? If I were handicapping handy, these games, who am I going to take? these games, yeah, who, would you, who are you taking? I'm going to take, I would take the Kansas City Chiefs at home minus three. And I would take the Tampa, wait, I'm sorry, that's not right. Hold on, let me pull this up. Oh, here we go. I'm very sorry, Scott. I'm going to go, I'm not messing with the spread in either of these games. I'm going money line, underdog line. I got the Bills and I got the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So now you're on the Bills. I was on the Bills, yeah, because of the plus 150. And also, if Mahomes doesn't play, that's going to be a moneymaker there. And if he does play, that's going to go way down in a buck and a half is a very good, very good. I I mean, it's amazing. I think both of these games are technically, you know, three-point games. They think they're going to be close. Um if you want to know my opinion, I think that Green Bay has a much better shot of covering than uh, uh, 
Uh, um, Tampa Buffalo, Bay. Then Kansas City. I'm sorry, Kansas City. Okay. The other game. Well, Kansas you know, City I was has to think who the favorite was. I mean, me, I would play Buffalo and I would take Green Bay. Yeah, see, I'm going to go on, I would go on the money line now. I that could change based on injuries. Mm-hmm. But right now I think the Bills went out right and I also think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went out right. Now, I don't know who's going to win that Super told, Bowl. And you, you told me that you like Kansas City before. Come on. No, I like Kansas City in the points. They're minus the points. If if Patrick Mahomes plays. It's yes. all about if Patrick Mahomes plays. If Patrick Mahomes plays. I like Buffalo. I like Buffalo regardless. Okay, because I have a different opinion of all that and I, a different theory. I mean, I thought, let me ask you this. The play Andy Reid called that got Patrick Mahomes hurt, I could not believe he called that play. I don't know what happened there. Uh, I don't they even. They ran a, an option. They ran an old wishbone option play. Yeah, well, they like to do with that the, with the best With the best quarterback in the league, you needed a yard, and you're going to lay him, leave him out to dry running, you know, uh, horizontally to the line of scrimmage. That didn't make much sense, but Andy Reid's done a good job with that team. The Usually, the- I, you know, I, I got flashbacks to the Andy Reid of the Philadelphia Eagles there All when right. he made that call. Well, whatever, ah. but... But honestly speaking, it's all really depends on what Patrick Mahomes does. If Mahomes plays, I take the Chiefs minus three. If he doesn't play, I take the Bills on the money line. Mm-hmm. The other game, I don't have any doubts. I think Tampa Bay is going to beat Green Bay. Green Bay, I know people say they're due for a loss. I don't handicap that way. But mm-hmm. I want to see, I think that Tampa Bay has a better offense than Green Bay. I agree with that. Far more weapons. I think also that if Leonard Fournette plays, he's going to cause some issues. One of the things Green Bay likes to do is run the football, establish that run with Jones. And I don't think he's going to be able to run that much against the Tampa Bay front four seven. So that kind of takes a lot of things out. Will Devontae Adams get his? Of course he will. How do you stop him? No one can stop him. (laughs) That guy's amazing. He is amazing, isn't he? And you know what? He's another guy who... He had a good college career, but he also parlayed that into a real boon because when he wasn't getting balls thrown at him, he didn't cry and complain. He made sure he got under the radar or on the radar of Aaron Rodgers, and the only way you do that is by running better routes, and that's what he and became. Working, and, wor- and working with him. Right, of course, and they did that. But Where did, uh, where did, where did he go to college, Devontae? Oh, geez, I think he went to uh, – didn't he go to Tennessee or Alabama, right? Or was it Clemson? I'm not. I, I'm not sure. That's I was in I Greece asked. when he was in college. We didn't see any college football in Greece. I didn't see hardly any. So I don't really know where they went in college. But what I do know is okay, what he does. Actually, in pros. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you this one. Okay. Fresno State. Fresno State, the Bulldogs. My buddy used to coach there, Jerry Tarkanian. He did. He did. But he not did. football. No. 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 <laughs> and, and, that's, and that just goes to Actually, show you who was the who was the football coach there for a while. The, 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 he was. Uh, the, they used to be the the upset team. He was a hell of a coach for I a long remember. time. He used to play. He used to play everybody and anybody. Uh, um, oh man, what was his name? Oh, I don't know. Uh, but but it just goes to show that this kid didn't go to a big time program. 
and he still there became go, a right. big time star. See, that's the other thing. When we go back to this college situation, know who you are. I coached a kid for a little while who thought he was a D1 player, and God help him. He got he went. His family had a lot of money, so they sent him to San Diego State to play to play college tennis, and he never played because he wasn't good enough. Had he have gone to where another of my student at the same time went, which was Azusa Pacific, he would have been an All-American and he would have had a better life through tennis instead of being miserable for listening to the right. wrong people. Right. Well, that happens a lot. By the way, Pat Hill, that's who I was. Pat Hill, that's it. Okay, so right. we got a few minutes left, and they, the kids and everybody are complaining that I didn't give them any fantasy basketball picks <laughs> from last week. I, I had to tell you, just an update on, on ours. Uh, Kyler finally got his first win, and Morgan's team is 3-1 and one right now. So your your picks are pretty good, and Tyler's on his way to his second win this week. So, uh, you know, you, your picks have been pretty good, Phil. They seem to be. Um, we'll see if we can continue that. For it, you know, in, yeah, but injuries have been a huge, huge part. Injuries and these postponed games and COVID. Oh. I mean, like, like Morgan's losing this week by only a couple. And, you know, one of her best players is, is Bradley Beal, who hasn't played all week because of the COVID situation. And won't be Washington. playing all week. He, their games are canceled all the way through Monday, I think. Have they canceled all the way? Oh, my I goodness. think they have, sure. They've got a mess on their well, hands. But well, there you go. So Bradley Beal costs probably – uh, what uh, at least a hundred and something points of not play by not playing, especially with especially with Russell Westbrook out, he becomes that number yes. one option. Um, yeah, you know what? I mean, if you're in a situation like that, uh, you can't take any Washington people. But I do have a couple players for uh, you to think about this week. Brandon Clark from the Memphis Grizzlies. Jonas Valanciunas is out. Brandon Clark is getting a lot of love from J- John Morant. And he looks pretty good, and you can get him in about thirty percent of ESPN leagues. John Morant, you could still get. No, no, he's one hundred percent. Oh, no, but I'm talking about Brandon Clark, because Clark gotcha. is getting action, and he's he's getting good numbers in five categories, so he's a good one. Um, I would say Joe Harris, but there's only one ball, and I don't think he's going to be getting it too much. Not anymore. Joe Harris was a good play about two weeks ago. He was. Yes, he was. Now, Marvin Bagley's owned in about 50% of leagues, but he's in and off the injury list. Another player that gets a lot of love is Shake Milton from Philadelphia, but he's owned in only 50% of leagues. He's having a very good season. I watched him play last night against the Celtics for a little while before I dozed off. Um, Goran Dragic is available, 50% of leagues. If you need three-pointers, Evan Fournier, 50% available in most leagues. Uh, Kyle Anderson from Memphis. He's the second leading scorer for the Grizzlies. They play a very fast-paced style, and he's only available. He's available in fifty percent of your leagues. Another what, what one. About Ju- what about Justin Holiday? Oh, he's. You know what? Justin Holiday might get some time, but I think he's too inconsistent. And I think in a ten-team league, there are better players than him. Just, just asking because he's actually a guy that's just moved into the starting lineup. He you did. Know, uh, he did because Laverne. And, and is he's injured. probably and he's probably not rostered in many leagues at all. I would think. I would think not. No, but if you have like daily changes that you can make, that would be good. Okay, so we got a couple more minutes. 
Uh, let's see. You know who's been playing pretty well lately is Kevin Herter from the Atlanta Hawks. He's starting to see a little bit more PT. He's another one if you need triples, if you need assists. He's that guy. He gets rebounds too. That's a good one. Kyle Kuzma, I I wouldn't take a chance on a 10-team league. Uh, let's see. There's one more I have here. Oh, here you go. Lucas Dort from uh, – I love that guy, Lucas Dort. Yep. And he, he's getting a lot from of minutes Sacramento, over 30 a right? game. Not... No, he's with the Oklahoma City Thunder now. Okay, okay see, I was going to say it was either Sacramento or OKC. I knew that. Okay, here's but, the last one. No, let me – Go ahead. Go ahead, and I'm going to – I was going to ask you um, – who, who's your top player now, whether he's rostered or not? Who would be your top number one dog in the whole NBA right now for fantasy? Nikola Jokic. Jokic still, okay. Well, he averages a triple-double. That's a lot of yeah, assists I, and points. Yes, I agree. I mean, I would have thought it's either you know Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, or uh, obviously Giannis. Um, yeah, one of those three. I But I like... Jokic the best because he seems to be more consistent all the way around. His minutes although obviously. Da, although Doncic is starting to wow, you know. Well, he is because Porzingis is back, and the double te- and triple teams are gone, so that yeah, helps I him. Mean, too. The game he had against Chicago the other night, oh my goodness! That's right. You know what? He's good too. But I, I'm a Jokic truther. I think he's amazing. Mm-hmm. I like Doncic a lot too. And Giannis, too, all three Europeans, by the way. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, exactly. That's top... Isn't it amazing? Yep, yep. amazing. And you're going to see that more and more in, in all sports as we travel down the road. If you ever ask me why American tennis is so bad, it's not because American tennis is bad. It's because the world caught up. And now kids in Serbia with bombs dropping over their heads say, you know what, I could hit a tennis ball and avoid all this. You know, American kids don't have yep. that. And that's why coaches yep. take a kid from Serbia before they take a kid from the United States. Just throwing that out there in tennis, by the way, if you need any help. But the last guy. The <laughs> or, if la- you're in, or if you're in Serbia right now. So. Yeah, let us know because they could be listening. You never know. The last one I'm going to give you is Eric Gordon. He's getting his minutes. James yes, Harden is. is gone. They might not win a lot of games, but they are a pretty decent team with Victor Oladipo. But Eric Gordon is getting his time, and he's starting to shine a little bit. And he's available in 70% of ESPN leagues. There you have it, Scotty. Really? Well he's, done today. He's, a, he's available in that many leagues. I yes, he is. It. Yes, he is. So I bet he's on your waiver wire in a 10-team league. If he is, grab him. If he's not, somebody was smart and beat you to the punch. Scotty, great <laughs> job today. we got to wrap this thing up. You, you got it, Philip. Always a pleasure. Always enjoy a pleasure. The, enjoy the hour as always. Always. So if you want to find out more information about Brookwood Camps, contact them at brookwoodcamps.com. Send us your most precious gift, and we will return them. Better athletes and better people. Don't forget to tune in daily on CSN Sports Radio. For Scott Fiedler, I'm Phil Nasons. Thanks for listening to The Canteen. You've been listening to The Canteen with Phil Nasons and Scott Fiedler. Find us on social media at Cash with Flash and at your podcast catcher of choice.